This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Good afternoon. Welcome to The Call. Ten stocks picked by you, two expert guests, all in the course of an hour, plus... A stock of the day as well. I'm Nadine Blaney. Really great to be here with you on this Tuesday, April the 11th, hard to believe. Joining me here in studio, Rudy Filipek van Dyke from FN Arena. Good afternoon to you. It's a pleasure to be here. Wonderful. And Nathan Samasandaram from Deep Data Analytics, who's joining us remotely from that office that so many people seem to have on Skype. Hey, Nathan, how are you? Look, our market has come on strong to start this shortened trading week. Is that indicative of some sort of a change in sentiment or just a bit of catch up after a long weekend, do you think? Yeah, I think the market, when you, when you have these bounces at the start of the week, you don't take it seriously because it's all uh, mostly positioning. Um, there's a lot of big macro coming out. I mean, we just had the Chinese inflation. Uh, we've got the U.S. inflation, and that's a massive one to come. Um, and I think the market in the U.S. is starting to worry about recession. So the, all the economic data will get a lot of interest. So I, I suspect uh, we'll be in that uh, scenario where the reporting season is starting in the U.S., so it'll be volatile. Yeah, volatile. We've got reporting season in the U.S. We've got the banks reporting here. Starts sort of toward the end of the month with Bank, Bank of, of Queensland. Queensland. Yes. So we're getting into interesting times. You know when the Chinese say, may you live in interesting times, that's actually a curse. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so we will live in interesting times. I'm, a little, I'm, on the same, I'm on the same cautious level as this uh, Mason here. Um, it's our human nature that we, uh, we, we, we believe that we make money when share prices go up. So in, in, the, in the case of low volumes and no bad news, the market will always go up, I, th I believe. But it doesn't tell you anything about uh, what comes next. Okay, folks, I'm here with two bears. Let's call them that for the full hour. Let me get you across the companies that we will be speaking of Harvey Norman and Adair. So two retailers that I suppose we can compare and contrast, Big River Industries, lifestyle communities and dicker data in the tech space. But before we get there, our stock of the day is Newcrest Mining. Newmont has put its best and final offer for Newcrest on the table. The revised vid values Newcrest at $32.87 per share, which is a 16% increase from its last offer. Now, Newcrest has opened its books following the improved bid. Its shareholders will be entitled to receive 0.40 Newmont shares for each Newcrest share held. Newmont has indicated that the revised proposal, as mentioned, is its best and final offer in the absence of a competing proposal. So that has helped propel Newcrest's share price higher today. Nathan, I'll start with you on this one. Is that the key in absence of a competing offer? I mean, there's not been a competing offer coming to the fore. So should we believe that this is, this is it? Will Newcrest take this offer? Well, it's an interesting one because it's a bit like Osmin with BHP. There is a, a unique uh, competitive advantage that comes through um, that they're looking for and that fits in well with new, what Newmont wants. 
So they're willing to pay a bit more. Um, and I suspected we would have got, got another uh, upgrade in the bid. Uh, we were in Newcrest well before this came through, purely because of the, the copper uh, gold play that was undervalued. And that's recovered, and then the bid came, and that's obviously added to it. We still remained in it because we thought there would be a, an extra play, and that's playing out now. Um, is it um, is it a good bid? I think it's a decent bid. It's not uh, expensive, but I think they're paying well uh, for the assets, and they get unique advantages from it. Um, and they want that copper exposure as well. So it kind of fits into what they want. So I think it's a good play. I think the management accepts, to a certain extent, will play ball with this. Um, you should never say it's the last dance because it never is. Um, it, the assets are good enough and Newmont has shown that they are interested. So there might be more, um, but I don't see anyone else coming in to compete. So, you know, if, if I was a holder, I don't see the real downside risk because the macro is positive for New, Newcrest at the moment. Gold is running and if gold comes off and copper starts to run, again, another kicker. So I think Newcrest is relatively well placed and the market will assume that because Newmont is interested in any kind of pullback, there is a support there. So uh, I'm a holder and in our models and we remain positive on Newcrest. And how positive are you on the gold price going forward? I was chatting with a guest today who said that 2100, not out of the question at all this year. Yeah, I've heard everything from, you know, 1800 to 3000. Uh, but look, I don't waste my time trying to predict a, a number for spot gold. We look at the risk return in the market and a relative, um, I suppose you're looking for the defense, you're looking for non-correlated assets and gold is one of the few uh, that non-correlated assets. And in that aspect, I think in the next three to six months, maybe nine months, there's a decent risk that we'll see more upside in gold and that could be a decent run. And where that goes to, I don't know, but I think I think the risk return is that the gold price goes higher from here. And that's what we've been playing for nearly more than a year. And we're happy to sit there. Got it. Thanks, Nathan. Rudy, Newcrest. I mean, if you're holding it, if you already own it, you'd want to hold it. Um, but you're is there any- You're not gonna any... buy it. You're not gonna no. buy it. I mean, there's, 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 there's no risk reward that's that advantageous any, anymore. Obviously, Nathan has been very, very um, patient because if, if he's been playing this theme for a year, for a long time, he had to hold his breath because nothing much was happening with gold. Um, I guess we have this expression in modern days of the boomerang kids. I mean, they leave the house and they come back. This pretty much is Australia's boomerang kids story mm -hmm. because maybe people don't know, but uh, Newcrest started life as a division of uh, Newmont then developed itself until today and now the, obviously the baby is coming home again. Um, <clears throat> I'm a bit sad, I think we, we should be sad, um, Newcrest is, is one of the large caps we have in Australia. Um, I wouldn't necessarily uh, attach a quality label to it, uh, maybe also characteristic for Australia, it has made a lot of um, mm -hmm. efforts at the management level, execution of strategy hasn't been flawless. Um, it was always clear that Newmont was the only bidder. I mean, Barrick and others are not interested. Also because Newcrest at one stage took over Lihia Gold and uh, other gold miners see that as a liability. You're, in, you're, you're operating in PNG. Um, if you're holding it, uh, I mean, most of the gains are now made, I think. I, I'm pretty much, if I were a betting man, I would bet now that this is the, the final offer and we will see Newcrest disappearing from, from the market. That means that uh, the helm will now go to Evolution Mining and Regis uh -huh. resources, and they are a lot, lot smaller. Uh, so 
the gold sector in Australia is about to shrink. Shrinking, yeah. And a lot. Yeah, interesting. Shrinking by a lot. So we will now have mid caps and no longer large caps. Yeah, got it. All right, so that's a hold from both of my guests for our stock of the day, which was Newcrest. Let's get on to the companies that have been nominated by you. Remember, this is information only. This is not financial advice suited to your particular circumstances. However, that being said, Terry has written in wanting to know about Harvey Norman. Let's go to Rudy on this one to start. Harvey Norman, buy, hold, sell. We, we were just talking about quality and, and large caps. I was actually, I'm old enough to remember when this was one, when this was one of the large caps we had on the stock exchange. It no longer is. If you take a longer term view, um, the share price essentially hasn't gone anywhere in 20 years. Imagine that one. Um, not a big fan uh, for multiple reasons. Uh, governance would be one of them. Um, at the moment, I think um, while Australia might be able to just to avoid a recession, I think tougher times are ahead of us. Harvey Norman would be in the in, in the storm, I think. Um, so I wouldn't be there to be honest. Okay, so if you. Already can't owned see, Harvey can't Norman. See any of the attractions? Yes. Well, the the, the, the dividend would be one attraction. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're holding it, yes. But you will have to be patient and look through the cycle essentially, because I don't think you have to have high hopes on a nine to twelve months basis. So, if you were a long-term holder of Harvey Norman, Nathan, would you look to sell, given what you expect for the cycle here in Australia? Uh, look, I think you are going to see a down cycle. I agree with Rudy in the context that we're going to see a down cycle. Um, it was inevitable. Uh, the fact that RBA is pausing tells you that's a really bad sign for cyclicals. It is a classic cyclical. Harvey Norman is nothing more than a cyclical. So if you're looking at a long-term investment, um, these things don't really grow into dramatic levels without substantial cut in interest rates. So we think the interest rates will be elevated compared to what the last number of decades uh, for the next decade. So in that context, uh, retail sector will be in a, in a bad side. Uh, it'll struggle. Um, will it come back? Yes, it's a cyclical, it'll bounce back. But is it going to deliver you long-term uh, outperformance consistently? No, it'll go up, it'll go down, it'll go up, it'll go down. It is not something that you buy for the long-term hold unless it's got a thematic where it can grow um, consistently, which it can't. It's a, it's a basically, it's grown into a number of regions. It hasn't really delivered. It's basically a play on economy. So in that context, you trade it. So you buy it when it's expensive, so, sorry, you buy it when it's really cheap and nobody wants to touch retail and you sell it when it's expensive. We got out of all retail exposure last year, probably actually back end of 2021. Uh, we got out of banks, we got out of retail, we got out of property because all of them are going to play the same thematic, but it's just a different cycle. So in that context, I think retail struggles uh, for another six to 12 months, and then it grinds back up. If we, if inflation remains relatively elevated, then interest rates are not going to really come down that much. That means the recovery will be slow and protracted, and the recovery in retail will be even longer. So it's not a sector that we like. Uh, we will wait and see how it plays out. But at the moment, we see more downside risk than upside. Okay, so you'd be selling? Yeah. Got it. Harvey Norman is sell and a hold. Let's get to another retailer on the list. Uh, and this is Adairs. So Adairs did really well through the lockdown period. Uh, lots of people spending on their homes. I suppose that was the thinking and it grew its online business as well. Um, but look, its first half results did miss expectations. It is, however, embarking on a cost control program. Um, you know, it's got some brands, I suppose, that are 
you know, valued by some. Uh, Nathan, is it any different for a targeted, more specialized retailer like Adair's? Uh, I love to say it is, but it's not. <laughs> I mean, every um, cyclical will tell you the same thing, right? They're going to cut cost, concentrate on um, growth. Well, you should be doing that all the time. <laughs> why, why should it be any different? Uh, if you look at the mega techs in the US, I mean, and what they, what are they doing? They're all saying, we're going to cut cost. Uh, we're going to manage cost better. Uh, they're letting go of people, reducing workforce, and trying to deliver better growth. Now. These are all classic examples of cyclicals going in a downswing. Uh, Adairs is no different. Um, I think it's one of those things, it's like a sailboat. When the wind is behind you, Adairs will fly. When the wind is not with you, it just goes down. So you are not there to fight the cycle. The cycle is not with you. Um, I think the management's pretty good when the cycle's good, but they can't fight the wind. So if there's no wind, it just slides down. So. I'm not here to try and pick the turn. We'll wait and see how this economy plays out and that how that flows into the economy. The reality is the consumer spending through this year will probably weaken globally. And I don't think the local market is any different. So no need to pick the bottom on these things. Um, stay out of retail. Rudy, is Nathan being a bit harsh here? UBS has a buy on Adairs. I know. Um, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, I, think, I think what we should do, we should have the telephone numbers of Black Dog and some others on, on the bottom of the screen Aww. now. And go like, if you feel a little bit depressed by listening to Nathan and Rudy today, yeah. please, there's a number that can help you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do my best to lighten it up a bit. I, 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 I think there's one difference. Uh, well, there's more difference, but there's one key difference between Adairs and, and Harvey Norman. Uh, on a relative basis, their share price is much, much cheaper priced. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you're really a, a, a value investor, so you would pick Adairs in the, in the assumption that the high dividend yield, even if they have to cut it, you still get a high dividend when they reduce it, not cut it. Um, but otherwise, uh, I mean, if you look at which shares have performed so far this year in the local market, it's either the defensives or it's either the, the, the very beaten down stocks that all of a sudden get a bump uh, and Adairs could be one of them. Although I don't think, um, I agree with, uh, so long, as long as we have that thematic hanging in front of the market of consumer spending, it will be on, under pressure. The housing market will likely come under pressure, even though we, we've had some um, uh, con- con- contrarian data recently. I think this thematic will stay with us for a while. And that means that if you are prepared to look through the cycle in these stocks, you will have to be patient above anything. Luckily, you can you can collect dividends in the meantime, and hopefully most of the downside is priced in in a share price for others. Okay, so most of the downside. So that's not a buy. No, definitely not. That's, that's maximum a hold. Okay. If 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 you're prepared to look through the cycle, otherwise go elsewhere. I mean, it's uh, because you're not going to see much in terms of sustainable gains here. Thanks, guys. Look, in the spirit of lightening things up with these two bears, Nathan, let's get you up on screen here. I, I didn't really notice, but uh, we've got a viewer who's written in. Peter, thank you. He says, love your beard, Nathan. Keep it on. So there you go. There's one viewer oh, saying you should, you should keep the holiday look going, Nathan. 
it's amazing how many people comment about um, what you wear. <laughs> I know. Whether you shave or you don't. Yeah, and I, I see you've been cutting your own hair again. Anyways, we'll leave that yeah. there. Get on to the next stock. <laughs> Big River Industries is it. And this has been picked by Akiva. B-R-I is the ticker code. Nathan, give us the 30-second rundown on this company and why you would either buy, hold, or sell it. Yeah, this is interesting. Um, wood products, um, again, I'm a fan of these kind of things because they're a unique offering. Um, you would think that, I mean, that you had the, the lumber price play out globally. Everyone heard about how the lumber prices out of Canada and the US went through the roof and then it's come back. Um, it's a supply demand play. But Big River looks quite interesting. Uh, I think um, it's one where I think they're doing interesting things. And I mean, you always have a risk uh, with any kind of, I guess, Ag- agriculture type play uh, because you always have uh, weather issues you've got bushfires all of these things we've been through these things um, and it can be a big hit but they seem to I mean it's, it's not something that I've known about before I had a look through looks quite good they seem to be doing the right things um, it's one where I'm you know as with any agriculture stock um, there is um, I suppose to say the reverse lottery there's a small risk of big things going wrong um, so you've got to be careful uh, but look they seem to be doing well. I'm not rushing out to buy because it's done well, and I think it's in a decent multiple for what it is. Um, but look, if you bought it, hold it. Um, t- you know, until something goes wrong, I think it's doing the right things, and you're doing okay. Yeah, thanks, Nathan. Uh, we spoke with this company when we were sort of peak timber inflation. Um, I'm just reading what Ord Minette has written about it, saying that uh, look, it's guiding to second half outcomes in line with consensus forecasts. Is this though still too risky, too small for you, Rudy? For me, it is also because there's 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 very little in terms of a, of a genuine track record. I mean, I mean, the company has been around for a very long time, but as a, as a listed company, it, it it hardly takes four years. And, and that included a, 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 a pandemic at some stage and now the recovery. Um, just from a risk perspective, I, mean, I, I sort of agree with, with Nathan to a certain extent that if you hold it, you can probably hold it on a risk-adjusted basis or don't, don't go overboard. Uh, it's still a small cap. Um, it's still, in my, in, my, in my case, I would like to see more of it through more cycles to, to see exactly how it performs. Uh, for that reason, I would I would say it's maximum uh, uh, hold. I would definitely not not rush out and buy it here. Um, to, it's very small. I, I, we don't know where the real risks are yet. I think, and often companies reveal their true self when they're when they're listed for a longer time. You are eliminating a whole heap of companies through that filter for you know your investment. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Not uh, the most most of the two thousand companies are listed longer than four years. So you get more of a track record that you can have a look at. I mean, I seldom make an exception for that. I mean, I remember when, for example, when Costa Group uh, listed and everyone got really excited the first year because they, on the official uh, narrative, they had eliminated the, the risk of nature. And, mm. and then years down the track, it's not, it's not nature, it's competition that got them. <laughs> and the cycles in, in, uh, in avocados. Yeah, and berries and the, and the like. And, and it tomatoes. is still a bit weather-related. Um, <laughs> all right, so that is a hold at best for Big River Industries. Do hope that that helps you. Let's get to the number four on the list, and that's Lifestyle Communities. LIC is the ticker code, and this has been nominated by Joe. So this is a company that builds retirement communities. Mm-hmm. Just going by memory, it's primarily in Victoria. Uh, look, it was in our first small cap big idea special mm-hmm. in 2021, was one of the key picks from our expert guests. 
Um, so it's got a lot of tailwinds. It's got the aging demographic, Rudy. Uh, it's got um, you know house prices yeah, behind it. But that's that's only part of the of the narrative. Yeah. Um, a lot of, to be honest, there's a lot of skepticism, and Nathan uh, hinted at it earlier. There's a lot of skepticism now with property and housing-related segments of the share market. There's a, there's a number of investors out there that really likes the like of lifestyle because they are a different type of property play. Uh, should be less risk mm -hmm. uh, until they uh, release their numbers and then disappoint, which is essentially what has happened in that the share price gets clobbered. Um, they are seen as quite a, a, a less risky, um, higher quality play. My problem with them is, is that they don't pay dividends, hardly anything. So you can't really use them as an as a, as a income play, which most investors would do with, with uh, property-related mm -hmm. plays. Um, for me, it's very bulky and, and not that predictable as far as I'm concerned in terms of what lies ahead. So I can't use it as a, as, a, as a growth play either. So for me, it's sort of like an ugly duckling. I wouldn't know why I would own it because I either can own alternatives for their dividends or I can own, for example, which I do, a Goodman Group uh, because they have a consistent growth path ahead of them. And with lifestyle communities, I, I, it, it doesn't fit in for me. I, I can't place a decent category and then, of course, when you just in times when you think, oh, they should be more preferred over other plays, then they disappoint and the share price tanks. So for me, it's uh, it's a bit of nothing, mm. and I can't get excited about it. Okay, so you would sell it then? I would go for other alternatives. Yes. Yeah. Well, the only the only thing they have going for them right now is that they have disappointed, and that uh, both management and analysts think that the future should look. It's interesting that you're calling property essentially alternatives. I don't. I don't consider listed property alternatives. Well, the, pro the, the 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 concept of property is 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 quite is quite wide. Yeah. I mean, you have on one end, for example, you have the, the Goodman groups, which essentially are a fund manager, mm -hmm. and 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 you also have the likes of uh, Stockland, which essentially is a, is a mixture of a little bit mm -hmm. of everything. And then in between, you have shopping centers, you have office buildings, you mm -hmm. have... So the, the whole concept of property, and you have also have land lease in there, which, you know, yeah. woof. Um, so the, the concept of property is, is, is there's, not, there's not a uniform yeah, exposure yeah. there. That's, That's basically... And a lot of REITs at the moment are out of favor because for the simple reason, they carry too much debt. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Interest rate. There's that cycle again, right, Nathan? <laughs> Would you be buying Lifestyle Communities, LIC? Because again, it is exposed to some of those demographic changes. Uh, in its most recent report, it did have corporate costs rising, but I know that one of the brokers, just going by memory, was saying, well, that's because they're spending and it should aid growth going forward. Is this a sound investment for either for capital growth for you? Yeah, it's, it's a tricky one. Um, I think overall uh, property sector, you've got to be careful. Um, it's the only sector, if you look back in GFC, it's the only sector that didn't actually go past the pre-GFC high. Every other sector has recovered. I mean, it has been 15 odd years. So every other sector has gone past it, except property. And for the right reason, because they are heavily in debt. And when it goes wrong, they raise a lot of money and dilute existing shareholders to bugger it. So you've got to be careful there. It doesn't mean everyone is, but uh, a lot of them did. Now, the, the trick here is, I think uh, Rudy hit the nail on the head. What are you buying it for? Because it's not a yield play. So you're buying it for growth. 
and it's a da in a downgrade cycle. So in that context, I don't get how you buy a growth stock in a downgrade cycle. Um, you must be a sucker for pain. Um, so for me, it's a simple strategy of what are you buying it for? If you're buying it as a um, defensive yield, doesn't stack up. If you're buying it as a growth stock, it's not growing. It's it's in a downgrade cycle. And there's a lot of big players in there. So if somebody decides to get out, um, there won't be too many buyers coming in to support it, at least kind of uh, sentiment. So there's a real risk in this. So for me, it doesn't play. I think the sector has a real risk. There's You have to remember, uh, what we're seeing in the banking sector is because of mark-to-market of their assets. That will flow into property soon, and that will flow into private equity, venture capital, all of these areas, because everyone's still pricing in very high levels um, of property at the peak. So as they roll over, they will all get downgraded and their assets will get right, written down. So that will come and hit them later in the cycle. So. The cycle will come for this sector, so you've got to be really careful. So we've been avoiding that sector, um, and Rudy's right. If you had to pick one, the best in the business is Goodman Group. They are basically a private equity in, pro- in property. They buy and sell, so they're pretty good at it. You're buying them for the growth. So if I had to pick one, I'd pick them, but I'm not even buying them. So that tells you where I am on the sector. All right. Goodman Group, let's consider it a sort of bonus buy. If you're going to be in property, that's the one that Rudy would hold and Nathan would as well, although he doesn't. So not a ringing endorsement, I wouldn't say. Let's get to number five on the list. We're there already. And that is Dicker Data. So Aussie Tech, been around a long time, very tightly held by founders as well. I should say a large part is held by founders. Um, DDR is the ticker code, and this is for Leah. Um, Nathan, I'll start with you for Dicker Data. So Aussie Tech, been around for quite a long time. Um, it's been a performer. Uh, will it continue to perform in the future is the question. Yeah, people forget that, uh, you know, Dicker Data, again, uh, one that I never knew would pay dividends for a tech. Um, it pays dividends. Um, it's a, you know, I think the management's really good. Um, it doesn't get the attention most of the time because it's not as liquid. Uh, fund managers don't like to play in illiquid stocks and kind of gets hurt on that. Um, they basically, if you look at where the cycle is, we saw from last year that um, semiconductor sales globally were falling dramatically. Um, we just recently, um, we saw that PC sales in 2023 has dropped off the uh, radar and a lot of uh, makers are seeing sales dropping dramatically, even Apple. Uh, and you know things are tough when Apple is not selling enough. And so in that context, these guys sell packaged um, software, um, I guess, licensing and so forth. So in that context, these guys are a classic cyclical, but hidden in a really good business. So the cyclical nature of it is hitting them. Um, and if you've got less PC sales, less demand, you know, that just flows through. So it is one that I'm keeping an eye on because I think management is really good. When the cycle turns, I would want to back these guys to turn it around and they will have a pretty good run. But right now, I think we're early in the cycle and the market has beaten these guys up quite hard because they knew what was coming. So I don't see them jumping out of the blocks anytime soon. I think you've got time so you can be patient. But this is one you want to keep on your shopping list because I think on the recovery cycle, these guys will do well. Rudy, take your data. Yes. Um, first of all, if property is the only sector that hasn't recovered from the GFC, 
I would question the banks because there's only one bank that is essentially has a share price. It's the Commonwealth Bank. Three of the big four share prices are nowhere near where they were in 2007. So I guess it sort of depends where you, where you put your measurement or maybe you include the dividends. Um, then, then the second observation, Dick Data Technology. Well, yeah, maybe. They're shifting boxes, basically. So it's not quite the same as an LTM or a Wystack mm -hmm. Global. They are technology. I mean, this is basically a consumer stock. I mean, it's, it sells boxes, right? And if we stop spending, then they have a problem. Having said so, I agree with, with, uh, with Nathan. Um, I actually think you could, you could probably own it here, and you can probably take a through-the-cycle view, because the share price is pretty much halved, mm -hmm. uh, which is a big fall. Uh, it's 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 often uh, it often gets a lot of praises from people because it's 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 founder led. He I mean the, the guy who started the business is still still a major shareholder. He's still very much intertwined with the business. It's usually uh, well managed, but of course you have the bigger cycles which it can't do a lot about. So I would actually think here, um, not not making it too depressive today. Uh, I actually think this one you could buy. You get um, a five percent plus dividend, yeah. and 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 the share price has fallen a lot here. Um, again, I agree with Nathan. It's not going to do much in the short term. I don't believe you have to take a longer term view here. But you just have to take the view that a founder led business that is, is traditionally has performed through through over long periods of time pays it decent dividend and is uh, relatively well managed you just have to go for for that and just put it in your portfolio and just don't watch don't in, watch in, don't in get times obsessed. of in times of uh, excess uh, volatility okay all right guys guess what we're halfway we're halfway through the program time flies when you're having fun let me just recap what we've learned from our guests so far from Nathan and Rudy both of whom call Newcrest, a hold. Rudy actually says he's a bit sad to see the largest cap gold miner on the ASX that likely be taken over, but it is going home as he says. He reckons this could be the final offer. Um, look, Nathan is pretty positive on gold. He does see further upside. Um, look, it's got a unique competitive advantage. He is positive on gold. He would be holding. It looks like this deal will go through. Harvey Norman, it is a sell for Nathan. He just does not believe that retail is the place to be in this cycle. Um, it's a classic cyclical is what he calls it. And Rudy says, look, you might want to hold it for the dividends, but he's personally has issues with governance and just points that its share price really hasn't gone anywhere in the past 20 years. So you got to be hoping that dividends is part of your strategy if you're in it. Adair's, look, Nathan says it's no different than Harvey Norman. Now is not the time to hold retailers. Look, if you're into value, Rudy says that um, it's much cheaper than Harvey Norman, it dares is. So it could be all right for a value investor, but it's a hold at max if you're already in it. He wouldn't be buying it. Big River Industries, it doesn't have enough history for Rudy that's, um, that's enough to make him, you know, stay out. He says you don't know what the real risks are for these companies that have not been listed very long. It's a hold for Nathan. He thinks it's pretty interesting, actually, although he wouldn't be rushing out to buy it now. Lifestyle communities, communities, too risky for Nathan. He would prefer Goodman Group if he were to get into property. But 
he just doesn't think you should be buying lifestyle communities. It's in a downgrade cycle. That is one of his big rules. Never buy in a downgrade cycle. I literally hear Nathan's voice in my head when I think of downgrade cycles saying that. And it's a sell for Rudy. He just doesn't know why. You know, what, why would you be buying this? He calls it the ugly duckling of the property space. No dividends. And look, what he sees is not a lot of growth to come, at least now. So that's a sell. And then Dicker Data, you heard what the guys just said. We finally have a buy from Rudy, of all people, for Dicker Data. Yeah, he's fist pumping right now. Uh, Nathan, he says, keep Dicker Data on your watch list, but you will need patient, patience for this one. Okay, so that is where we find ourselves at the halfway mark. At our investment committee, the newest episode is up online. It's just been there for a week, ausbiz.com.au. We saw New Century removed in April. WiseTech was added. We saw West Farmers and Macquarie Group, the weightings increased. Also added another 1.5% to Boss Resources, which I think Nathan's a big fan of. And we spent some of our cash. So how are we performing so fun so far? Our fund is up more than 8% on a cumulative return basis since its inception on March the 1st, 2022. I've got to put 2022 in there just so that we're clear. How it works, you send your requests to this program. If it gets a double buy, so a buy from both of my guests, which we've not had today, it then goes to the investment committee for their consideration. And it's a great show. I do hope you catch up with it if you haven't so far. Well, we will be talking Core Lithium. We'll be talking Ares Resources for those of you, many of you who like the copper narrative. IDP Group, which is IPG, ticker code not confusing at all. Corvest, and we'll be talking an ETF. It'll be interesting to see what these guys have to say about the MSCI Emerging Markets ETF brought to us by iShares. But shall we start with Core Lithium, CXO? This is for Deborah, and I know about 20,000 other people out there as well. Nathan, I'll start with you just because I'm looking at the camera. Uh, look, the lithium price has been a bit touch and go, we know that, but big interest in Liontown coming from Abermal, which is a you know global company. They do see value, obviously, in what's happening here in Australia. There will likely be some more consolidation. Um, you know, is now the time to pick up something like a core lithium? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a tough one to call now. It's It was a hot sector last year. Um, even despite the, the market pullback, the lithium thematic with the EV, um, everything had a, a big run. I mean, you have to remember, all lithium's now halved from the peak. So it's a decent pullback. Um, so it just comes down to where you were a shareholder. If you were in the early days, you've had a huge run. And yeah, you've come back 50% from the peak, but you're still doing quite well, so you're okay. Um, so in that thematic, you, your risk return perspective is a lot better. So you're willing to take that risk to hold it for the thematic. But if you are a latecomer, um, you know, you're probably down. Um, if not, um, you're probably not doing that well. So in that context, would you want to take the risk? You're probably not. So it just comes down to when you enter the, the thematic. So it's been the, the lithium player. Everyone's played it, Pilbara, um, you know, Core Lithium, all of these guys have had huge ones and they've come off. Uh, for me, it doesn't pay to be at the back end of that cycle because you're just finding someone else getting out. Um, will the next cycle come through? Maybe. Um, you know, it's not something that I try and predict. I try and look through where valuation is cheap and there's a consistent demand that I can back. Now we're seeing a fair amount of price cutting with a lot of um, EV cars um, and the competition is rising in that um, and prices are falling. 
So in that context, and the demand for cars also st- starting to struggle. So I don't see how the underlying thematic holds up. Um, and then there's the stories about how sodium ion batteries are coming into play. Again, these are all eventually have to come to uh, fruition and then there'll be the demand and, and that'll play out. Um, Albemarle um, coming in for Lion makes sense. Uh, they're the bigger player trying to swallow up smaller players when the market is weak and that happens in every sector. Generally, that doesn't mean we've hit the bottom um, because that, you know, corporates are really bad at doing deals at the right time. So, um, you know, that doesn't give me any confidence. But I think it's one of those plays where you have to play the thematic more than anything else. And I, I don't have the confidence to play the thematic after it's had such a big run. Um, and there's a lot of hot money still in that sector. And people believe it because you've had a good run and, you know, you know the facts back you. So in that context, they're not going to sell out till really in pain. So I don't think the hot money is out of lithium yet. So in that context, the risk return for me doesn't stack up. So I'm staying out of lithium. Okay, that's an avoid. Interesting. I mean, I spoke with Ken Brinston, who was running Pilbara Minerals. I spoke with him last week for mm. something else I was doing. And look, he's still a very, obviously, but a very, very big believer in the lithium story. Yeah. You know, when I put questions to him about whether the technology would change, uh, battery technology making lithium, you know, he, he was just mm. saying, no, no, no. It's all systems go for lithium. Are you a believer? Maybe. But the, the, the problem with, and this is why, people like myself make a difference between industrials and, and commodities. Commodities never run in a straight line, right? And for example, um, is the outlook for uranium very promising? Yes, it is. Have we looked at the uranium prices over the past 12 months for stocks? It have absolutely <laughs> been terrible. Um, late last year, um, I had a wild discussion with a lot of fans who couldn't believe that you wouldn't buy coal producers on the stock exchange. Um, fast forward a few months and, and share prices are down by 40%. Um, these things, they don't last and they don't go in a straight line. So even if the lithium story has, has, has decades to go, you will get these big pullbacks along the way. That's just the, that's just the way, the, the, the character of, of, of the beast, basically. Um, and, 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 and backing up, Nathan, and this one, knowing where to buy is only easy in hindsight because you never know whether share prices have fallen enough or not um, having said so i mean if you want to play that sector you obviously play now instead of when it's at the peak i mean you don't want to you don't want to jump in at the peak so but mm-hmm. anyone who wants to do this um, i hope they do it with uh, with with small amounts of money and with with that portion of the, of the portfolio that doesn't destroy your whole portfolio in case you're jumping on too early. At this point in time, I would say the, the news, the outlook is very muddied for the, for the short term. I mean, I mean, it could be positive next year again, but for the short term, it's very muddied. Uh, and that means that share prices can go a lot lower from here. Um, but it can also go higher because there's short covering, there's speculation, yep. there's technical trading, you just name it. So it's, it's basically, I mean, whatever suits you. And this doesn't suit me, that's for sure. I don't want to be looking at my portfolio and, and, and stretching my neck too far to the left and then too far to the right the next day. Mm. You like to sleep <laughs> I, at night. I, I like stocks that, that, that just go up. 
Oh, well, oh, dangerous territory. You want to name five that only go up there, Rudy? It's, it's, it's the old joke. And then, and, then, and then you're supposed to ask me, what do you do with shares that fall? And I go like, you don't buy them. Yeah, yeah, no. Oh, you've, you've stolen my thunder. All right, let's then go from lithium to something that's related. So this is IDP Group. Uh, this is not the education provider. This is a question coming to us. Actually, it looks like I've you missed Aries. Aries, yeah. all right, well, we'll go to Aries then. You'll just have to wait. I thought IDP <laughs> went with Core Lithium, but hey, what do I know? Let's go to Aries Resources. Again, this is constantly sort of talked about as in one of the only ways you can gain exposure to the copper thematic now on the ASX, uh, given the fact that we've got uh, Oz Minerals being taken over by BHP and Aries is actually producing copper. Copper Nathan, you believer? Yeah, I mean, the next biggest player is Newcrest. Funny how Newcrest yeah. is getting taken over as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you can play that. I mean, look, uh, going through with what um, Rudy just said, when you look at some of those resources, you look at, you know, metals, um, you look at copper and you go, well, whether you believe in EV, whether you believe in construction, whether you believe in recovery cycle, everything needs copper. So when copper is underperforming gold, and oil is underperforming gold, things are not great. Uh, so things that have to kind of bottom out and recovery cycle has to start, and that hasn't started yet. Um, as the saying goes, we have to see blood on the floor and we haven't seen the blood on the floor. Uh, the markets are still holding up extremely well compared to what's happening in the macro environment. I mean, we've got to the point where we're happy to throw the world economy into a recession <laughs> just to hold the markets up, <laughs> go figure. Um, I think copper outlook is one of those ones that you can back on the long term. Um, and it's one of those ones where the supply demand dynamics will hold up quite well. And we know that. So there is a certain level of certainty there. Um, so I'm happy to back copper stocks. I think there's probably in the short term when macro is weak and world is going into a slowdown cycle, whether it's recession or not, a slowdown cycle, those kind of growth commodities underperform. That's just correlation. And inevitably, I think that'll play out. So I think copper stocks will get cheaper. But uh, would you buy it? I think that's one of, one of those ones where I want to keep on my shopping list. I think copper stocks are ones you want to buy. In the me, you know, if you look at the long-term multi-year cycle, the recovery cycle will play into copper. And we've seen that most of the mines have gone towards the easier part of the mining part. That the the copper players that are left are much harder. Its costs are going to be higher, which supports that higher prices in copper are likely in the years ahead when the recovery comes. So in that context, I'm positive copper, and I think Aries sits quite well, and their competitors are being basically taken out. So in that context, I think it helps it. Um, I think there's probably more downside. I'd probably look at it, you know. I want to be optimistic on copper. So if you wanted to buy copper, I think Aries is a good play, but I would spread my buying over the next six to nine months. Um, I'm happy to spread that, um, you know, buy every quarter a bit at a time and let it play out. You're not going to pick the bottom, but I think in 12 months, 18 months, you'd, you'd be doing a lot better. Thank you. Rudy? Commodities, huh? Um, <laughs> wow. Here, 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 here's a story which I think people should should uh, keep in mind when they buy stocks like Aeros. In Back in 2016, um, there's a fund manager that, that specializes in commodities and, and they were just buying up while share prices just kept on falling. 
um, and actually started buying in 2015. And they had to wait until 2017 before that sector actually started moving late 2016. So you have to imagine that you're buying for, for 9 to 12 months and the only thing that share prices are doing are falling. That's your conviction. I mean, you really have to stick to your conviction and, and being proven right ultimately. The problem with, with the thematic like Nathan just describes it is that copper is, is a long, long, long out story. I mean, copper might still be the dog in the base metal markets this year, maybe even next year. Yeah? Um, the, the likes of BHP and Rio are unfolding plans that are counting on a shortage of copper by 28, maybe 29, maybe 30. In the short term, share prices can go a lot weaker. Um, we see that with lithium, we see it with coal. The other added problem is, and that's my problem, for example, when I, uh, when I seek exposure to, to gold. You can buy gold and you can buy gold stocks. When you buy gold stocks, you have company-specific risk. In the, in the case of Ares, um, they disappointed, had some operational hiccups. And then you see the share price, of course, that it halves overnight if, if, you, if, you're, if you're in the, ba- the bad spot. So that's the risk you also have to take on board. I mean, uh, 29 metals, when it listed, everyone thought that's the highest quality copper exposure we have on the stock exchange. If you were sitting on that stock for the past six months, you've lost a lot of money mm-hmm. for the time being. Yeah? So the copper play, while I wouldn't disagree with all the projections, the only thing is that the experience, the observations that you have in the meantime, a, you probably have to stick to your conviction. B, you probably have to be lucky that, you, that your share price doesn't only drop on, on the copper price, but also on the operational risks. So I think there's no hurry as far as I'm concerned. The only thing that something like Ares um, is offering is because the share price has come down a lot. Yeah? Well, that's a short-term overview. If you, if you go further back, the share price has, has been a lot higher. There you go. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, for me, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not um, low enough here. And, and, and you have the risks of, of both copper and operational disappointment. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay. Well, thanks, Rudy. Not now is the takeaway from that. Let's now get to IDP Group, which is actually ticker code IPG. So this is not the education provider. This is for Kirsten. And I wonder if Kirsten saw an interview that I did last week on the small caps with Philip Pepe, who is from Sean Partners. He had this as his pick of the... EV space. So, you know, more than a lithium play, it's more of an industrial. It basically makes electric vehicle charging infrastructure. Um, and so it's just been added recently, I suppose, to the all ords. Uh, Rudy, do you have any view on IDP group? Um, maybe IPD group, yes. IPD. <laughs> oh my gosh. IPD group. Yes, um, IPD. I, I could, I could uh, repeat the same things as, as I did with, uh, with Big River Industries well, earlier. It's quite small. It does have a limited track record. Uh, it's, it's definitely an interesting space. Um, when the share price has gone up this high already, I'd be more cautious. Also because if the market goes through tougher, more volatile times, those small caps will be thrown out much earlier than, than the large caps. Um, so I wouldn't be chasing it here. And I'm assuming that if you already own it, you probably have some more information about it than I do. You can see there, it's, it's been after listing, it has basically gone like the rocket to Mars. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not so sure whether this is, this is justified. I do not know the company well enough for that. I do know what it does. Uh, it's interesting. 
but again, I'm, I'm, I'm in no hurry to be there, and I, I, I think investors shouldn't be, because if it's really a good company, you'll get, you'll get your opportunities down the track, multiple. Yeah. EV is one thing that they do. They also do electrical and automation projects. <clears throat> systems and solutions. So it's in electrical engineering, uh, if we think of it as a general broad stroke. So what do you think, Nathan? Yeah, look, it's a perfect stock for the thematic. Um, It's kind of like, you know, when when people started talking about cryptocurrency, uh, the the smart money was you play the guys who make the infrastructure. (laughs) Because everyone, you know, I don't care whether you believe it or not, the infrastructure guys were selling, so they were making money. Um, So the EV thing is, you don't have to bet on how the EV plays out. Um, this kind of gives you the exposure to the guys who are basically doing the service side of things. So it makes sense, logical, defensive, and much more predictable. Um, so in that context, sure, it, it looks good. It's, and I, I agree with Rudy, it's hard to look at a chart that just goes straight up since listing, and you go, yeah, I'll buy that. Nobody knows about that one, not. Um, I mean, two brokers cover it. Uh, they both are around 350, 360 target price. So it's relatively well priced. If you're there and you've had the run, great, well done. Um, don't get greedy. Take some money off the table. Diversify. Um, if you've got fresh money, I uh, struggle to chase it. I don't think you're buying something that people don't know. But again, it's in the right play. So in that context, I think the short term, I think what's happening in the EV market, what's happening with uh, the hot money, I think it's, it might not do so well. Uh, it may just hold up. But, you know, if they do execute and the long term play plays out, you might have another leg. But I think you'll get it cheaper um, and I think you can wait and play. But again, you know, it's it does. It's one where you go, they haven't done anything wrong, but maybe I'm just a bit more cynical uh, in this kind of market when something outperforms in a bear market, it needs to be really cool. And I think this is good, but I think it's good because they're playing the thematic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think it's because they've delivered something exceptional. So, so, so just point, just to clarify, so if you had been in it since the beginning, you'd actually be trimming a little bit. Yeah, look, anything that runs like this, mm-hmm. where you've got double, triple, you should take start to take you know twenty percent, thirty percent off, and okay. diversify different stocks with similar thematic. It just reduces your stock risk yeah. because no matter how good you are, when the macro goes wrong or there's an operational issue. These kind of stocks, small caps could get hit, hit by 20, 30, 40%. So it's just managing your risk. Okay, so that's a bit of strategy coming from Nathan as well. Let's get on to the next company on the list. This is for Gene. KOV is a ticker code based in South Australia for more than 50 years. I mean, just reading that sounds to me like you could have some sort of a concentration risk uh, when it comes to the business. It's, it's essentially uh, infrastructure support, right? Yeah, steel in 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 local form yeah. would you be buying I'm, I'm i'm old enough to remember if my memory serves me correctly this was once upon a time an asx 200 member but it's not today that's for really? sure it's that small that actually when i saw it appearing on the list i thought like oh yeah wait a minute they're still listed they still exist oh, yeah uh, so that's not a ringing endorsement no no to <laughs> no. me to me it's uh it's t- it's definitely too small and okay. um i had a quick look at uh the daily volumes um, I think if my son spends a few dollars on the share market, the share price might double, um, which gives you an idea that, that you, you mean you don't, a, a serious investor doesn't go there. I, okay. mean, I mean, you have to be able to confidently spend thousands and thousands of dollars and then confidently, not just going in, but because you don't want to be in the lobster pot where you can't get out. So there's that lobster track prospect with Corvest. Do you see it any differently, Nathan? Would you be 
well, buying if you could? Would you hold if you're in it or would you sell? Yeah, I think liquidity is a huge issue, but it can be your friend as well because when these things are so small and so illiquid, most fund managers won't come into it. So retail market has a benefit there. But the warning sign is when your PE is almost the same as your yield, it kind of worries me. Uh, what is the market pricing in? That's a fair amount. Uh, so in that context, it hasn't done much for what it is. So if they disappoint, it can fall off pretty quickly. And the problem with that is, as Rudy said, when you have no liquidity, when things fall off, it can fall off a long way. So um, I would say this is an interesting stock. It's been in the market for a long time. It's not doing a lot. And I think the overall outlook probably will be starting to get a bit more tight. I would be taking money off the table. This is one where I think risk return starting to worry me. So I would be taking money off the table and looking elsewhere. Thank you. All right. We've got just a couple minutes left for the iShares Emerging Markets ETF brought to us by iShares. And this is for Juliana. Uh, Nathan, given where we are in the cycle, would you be looking for exposure to emerging markets? Is this a sound way to do so as an average Aussie investor? Oh, you know, you want you want pain. That's the place to go right now. Um, emerging markets is very high risk. There's a number of parts of the emerging market that can pretty much fall into recession into serious issues. We expect sovereign risk to start playing out in emerging market. It's done relatively well. Um, so in that context, I would say it's, it's doing okay. I would not be jumping into emerging markets right now, but there is a but. I actually think there's a play coming in in the next couple of years where I think emerging markets might come out on the other side. Now, how the geopolitics plays out, I don't know. We'll see how it all plays out because we're seeing a fracture in the world into two cartels, almost like. Um, so emerging markets could come out of that on the other side and they dominate a lot of the resources. So that could be a huge play in a higher uh, inflation cycle. So I'm not saying no, but I think the short term, very high risk, I'm not jumping in, but I'm looking at it for the next six to nine months. I expect a bottom to come out and then I would be looking at emerging markets. Got it, thank you. Not yet. What do you think? An ETF to gain exposure to EM? I have a little bit of a different view from Mason for, okay. for, 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 to avoid all miscommunication. I only uh, buy, I only invest in Australian stocks, mm -hmm. but, um, the, there's quite a school of thinking out there that the, the problems that we are facing are pretty much a developed country's problem. Too much debt, uh, commercial uh, properties and, and reserve banks and central bankers. Uh, so then the valuations in the US are by, by many considered as way too high, which then directs the attention towards Europe for, ch for cheaper shares and, believe it or not, uh, for, to, to, uh, to emerging markets. This ETF, I mean, it has emerging markets, but you're essentially buying China, India, and Taiwan, which is Asia. Um, I think out of diversification, uh, you, can, you, you can buy them, in particular if that school of thought is correct and that the US market will be the underperformer and the US dollar will weaken, then emerging markets, uh, particularly the Asian ones, should probably do correct. So as a diversification, you can definitely use an ETF like this. Got it. So. Yes. Yes, a buy. For the reasons I just outlined. Yeah, a buy to end this session. Sorry, surprised <laughs> me. Still. <laughs> I, think, 
All right, sure. let's get to a bit of a recap because that's the program, guys. It was uh, fun while it lasted. Core lithium, it is an avoid for Nathan. He just doesn't have confidence in the narrative in the sector right now while there's still so much hot money in there. Rudy, it just does not suit his investing style. All right, Aries Resources, not now, too soon, says Rudy. Um, Look, Nathan has a bit of a different view. He would be sort of getting into it slowly over the next six months to a year, very much a long-term story. Uh, When it comes to IPD Group, yeah, IPG is the ticker code. Anyways, it's a bit confusing, but um, Nathan would be trimming it if you were in it from the beginning and if you've made some money. It is a perfect stock for the thematic, but if you've done well so far, look, you're just execution risk. You're just a bit of a change in the cycle away from seeing some of your gains um, yeah, be uh, chewed up. So he would be trimming exposure. Um, Rudy just doesn't like small stocks, as you know. He wouldn't be chasing this narrative right now. Corvest, it's too small for Rudy. He just would not go there right now. Uh, look, it's a sell for Nathan. He would just say, proceed with caution. Things can change. If you've been in it for a while, you've got your money. See if you can get out. And iShares Emerging Markets ETF, it's a buy for Rudy. You just heard why. And uh, look, he thinks, Nathan says that uh, EMs right now are a bit of a pain trade. So not yet, although there will be better times ahead. Hey guys, Nathan Samasandaram from Deep Data Analytics. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, we'll see you soon. You'll do. And Rudy Philippek van Dijk from FN Arena, thank you as well. Really appreciate all you do. Happy to be here. And I used some of your data from FN Arena this morning um, talking about some broker moves. So thanks for that as well. All right, that's it for our show today. Please do submit your questions to the call at osbiz.com.au. You can also tweet to us at osbiz.tv. Coming up on The Pulse, we'll get a market wrap. Peter Maguire is next. <laughs> 